Welcome to the Indigo Podcast, an exploration of human flourishing at work and beyond. I'm Ben Barron of Indigo Anchor and Cleveland State University. And I'm Chris Everett of Indigo Anchor. For more information, please visit us at www.indigopodcast.com. All right. So, Ben, how do leaders actually develop? I don't know. Maybe we should listen to the podcast we're about to record. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) You sit the leaders out in the mud and you pour water at them. And they grow (laughs) like little plants. Now, today we're going to talk about what leader development is and why it matters. We're going to talk about what we know about leader development and how it happens. And then, of course, we're going to leave our listeners with some implications for people in organizations. You know, we're responding directly to a couple of our listeners who coincidentally this past week reached out to us and said, hey, it'd be good if you did an episode related to leader development, high potential leader development, maybe touch on a little bit of succession planning and things like that. And so we thought, yes, let's do it. This is an important topic. And so that's what we're going to cover today. So let's just jump in here and talk about leader development and why it matters um, and you know, I guess we can, we can start with, you know, what, what is leader development? Yeah. So when I say pour water on the leaders that, you know, the image that came to mind was the movie major pain. Did you see that a long time ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like grow my little Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and so, but there was something in the water. Cause we, we got it from people that don't even know each other that said, we want to know. Cause it's like, Hey man, go be a good leader. Okay, how, man? Can yeah. you set me up for success? Right. And and so this leader development isn't like he was born in a war-torn village and came up, you know, like it's not Conan the Barbarian that just ends up because of the gauntlet of life. Although some people will become leaders that way. Right. But, you know, rather than take the lemming approach, for those of you that don't know what a lemming is, that's, you know, the thousand of these little rodents run to cross a river or something. Most of them die along the way. <laughs> and and orgs are complaining, we don't have enough leaders. We need more leaders. Well, if you take the lemming approach, you're not going to have enough. So you're right. going to have to develop some leaders. And, and what is that? These are the activities and efforts made to help people become leaders or to increase their effectiveness as a leader. That's right. These are intentional things that organizations do to help their people develop in leadership skills. And this differs a little bit in the academic literature from leadership development. Sometimes they make this distinction, but we're going to kind of use them interchangeably today. Uh, Usually what they're talking about when we talk about leader development, we're talking about those intrapersonal, those things within me as a person How can I be more influential? How can I better enhance my skills to, you know, organize people in a team and so forth? Whereas leadership development is more of the interpersonal. So going beyond just yourself and how do you increase leadership capacity across an organization so that people are, for example, being more empowered and taking the initiative and so forth. And we'll talk a little bit about these things interchangeably, and I think that's fine. But we are focusing a little bit more on the leader development piece here today. And yeah, because this, this is something you can do for yourself. You can. We're going to talk about how you can do it for yourself if your organization isn't doing it, or how your organization can do it if you are an organization and if you have the power to maybe implement some of these things, how you can make it happen. But let, you know, I guess let's turn our attention to making the case for why leader development matters. Why do we care about this? What what is it? What is it helping organizations do? 
Yeah. So I'm glad we're going to clarify this because most people are like, well, we need better leaders. And they kind of, the idea of why, how mm. do you know it's a leadership problem, right? It gets a little bit nebulous, but like just starting at the top with strategy, we need the people that can create strategy and it can't just be a sexy PowerPoint, but they also got to know how to pull the levers to either execute it themselves or get the organization to turn and execute that strategy. Yeah. Now, it does help if it's a really sexy PowerPoint because um, we all like sexy PowerPoint. Because that's where you like your billable hours to go. <laughs> you know, listen, if I ever see something that's got all the colors, I mean, if you're selling something to a client, okay, maybe. But if somebody's bringing me, you know, to me, the information is most important. Just know if you have a belligerently, insanely good PowerPoint, there's a lot of organizational time you could probably probably buy back. <laughs> probably, probably. But, you know, we also need good leader development in organizations because we need people who can influence other people toward a goal. I mean, that is the fundamental component or, or thing we're trying to do with human organizing. When we come together and try to do things together, that requires someone to initiate some of that structure, to show some consideration towards those in the team, and to help keep people on the right track. Now, it doesn't necessarily need to be the same person throughout the process, right? Leadership right. can be shared, and that's fine. Uh, but we, someone needs to do that. You have to have some of that um, coherence around a mission and a goal. Uh, we also need, and this is even more important as we start dealing with more ambiguity and uncertainty, is the idea of facilitating complex problem solving. Uh, leaders who do that or people who do that are really needed in our organizations today. And I'm glad you brought up the term facilitation or facilitate complex problem solving. There's a whole bunch of methodologies that you can find on the web that you can go to workshops uh, and learn that can help you become a facilitator. You know, uh, most of our leadership challenges aren't like, I'm grabbing the flag, follow me while we Rah. take the hill. Rah, Sparta, you know, something like, <laughs> no. Like, it's more like you have a group, a cohort of really smart people that work with and for you. How can you facilitate? And, you know, I've seen junior people in organization, organizations that had facilitation skills be able to say, hey, guys, I have a plan to get all you smart people's heads together. How, yeah. by, how about I facilitate this? And all of a sudden, that junior employee becomes a trusted advisor because they don't, the leaders don't know how to facilitate. Right. Yeah. And to be honest, a lot of times when I go work with organizations and with senior executive teams, I do a lot of facilitation with them. Right. I don't I don't go in there. I mean, sometimes there are things where I say, you need to do this, don't do that. Yeah. Well, a lot of the other times though, I'm I'm saying how might we arrive at some sort of solution and then guiding the conversation in a way to do some better critical thinking and some better problem solving. And so we need these people who can operate in a VUCA world, a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. And the good news here, when it comes to leader development, is that leaders aren't just born that way. There's, I mean, there's some, uh, a little bit of genetics there. There are some personality characteristics and some level of mental ability that is required. But there's a lot that you can do to become better at being a leader. Yeah, it's so interesting. There's like this fetish for all, and it comes from this idea of the great man theory of leadership, right? You know, everybody reads Bill Gates. Everybody reads, you know, Jack Welch you know, or, you know, Steve Jobs. And they go all through this as if 
you know, I remember reading those in in high school, some of these things. Um, I really liked Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography. That was actually an interesting one. He's fascinating, like, actually. Yeah. No, that guy, what an interesting <laughs> life. <I know. laughs> Same thing, like uh, Davy, uh, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, the Wright brothers. I would just eat up. Yeah. Maybe I could glean something. And there was not a whole lot of similarity. Right. And I remember being like, well, wait a minute. I don't even like to lift weights, really. I mean, I do it, but it's not, I don't love it like you do. And I I can't be an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not a Steve Jobs or right. A, a Wright and, Brothers. And even if you were, let's just let's steel man that, right? Yeah. Let's say, yeah. okay, let's say oh, you are Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, Some genetically yes. modified, frozen, right. cryogenically frozen. Yes. Uh, but here's the thing you are not <laughs> facing the same situations as he is or as he has so that's so right right so even if if you could take a pill and make yourself turn into steve jobs or make yourself turn into jack welch or name your leader that won't necessarily guarantee success you wouldn't have been working in a printing press and invent beautiful fonts for the first max i mean the and so what we're saying here guys is this is a dead end we're gonna save you from going down the still read the biographies because they're fun they're good yeah. beach well, reading. Yeah, and, I, and they and i think they can teach you some things you just have to remember that sometimes the reason why those people were successful is because they were in the right place at the right time they were a good match with the situation right and oh man we we could go through that whole leader follower situation model yeah. but let's stay focused on on leaders Focus. it's a dead end but it's a dead end with one of the biggest messages of hope, which leaders are made. You can make yourself into a leader. So if you're mm-hmm. sitting at the sideline and be like, man, you know, am I ever going to be a manager? Mm-hmm. Or man, am I ever going to make it to that director VP level? You know what? The Yes. The answer's yes. The only way you're a leader not born is if you take on a mentality or a mindset that says, I'm not going to make the changes or do the growth necessary to actually become a leader. Yeah. Well, actually, you touched on something that we I wasn't planning on addressing in this episode, but I want to mention it because you kind of brought it up. And that is that, you know, one thing that we know about leadership or becoming a leader is that you have to think of yourself as a leader. It requires some identity change. Uh, there's actually research on student organizations in universities. And a lot of that is around this idea that you you start to become a leader and start to emerge as a leader in groups, when you start thinking of yourself as a leader, instead of thinking that being a leader is, oh, that's just something other people do. Uh, And then when you start thinking of yourself as a leader, you start inserting yourself in those situations and making the behavioral choices that put you in a position of influence. So uh, I think that is a really interesting point. And good organizations are the ones that do this intentionally, that they uh, do some specific things that help to develop the people in the organization and and broaden that leadership capacity. Like major pain. You got to water your Brussels sprouts <laughs> if you're going to get a harvest here, guys. Come right. on. Well, and the thing is, you have to be farsighted as an organization because this takes time. That's one of the biggest things that we know about leader development. So let's move into that about what we know about leader development and how it happens. Uh, you know, this is a topic that's been studied for a number of decades, primarily within the world of organizational psychology. Uh, you know, you know, but more broadly, obviously, leadership has been studied for millennia. But uh, looking at it within organizations, so we're going to draw upon two articles in particular here today to guide our conversation, so to speak. 
And one of them is a review of 25 years of research and theory on leader and leadership development uh, that was published in the Leadership Quarterly a couple years ago. And then we have another one by Morgan McCall. Well, it's called Recasting Leadership Development. It's actually one of my favorite kind of uh, concise um, summary type articles about leader and leadership development. And that was in uh, Industrial and Organizational Psychology also uh, now about a decade ago, but still very, very relevant. So now, uh, when people go on the internet and say, I'm doing leadership, I'm going to go research leadership. <laughs> so I bought two pop books off the shelf that had a glossy cover that was attractive, mm. which I love attractive glossy covers. And then I I got on to, I don't know, there's this website called Business Balls, and they've got some okay stuff there. You know, that you go to these websites that summarize, hey, look, I don't actually have to read these books. They're going to tell me, you know, cure your leadership woes with Windex and these four easy tricks. That's not research. Ben, what does research look like <laughs> from a professional researcher's perspective? Research is a, a messy yet um, disciplined process for arriving at little grains of truth um, and little insights on specific topics. And so there's no one article or one study that necessarily changes everything we think about leadership, right? So you see some of these books out there, the 10 secrets to leadership. Well, you know what? They're probably just- uh, The 21, you know, whatever, gosh. Yeah, Maxwell, they, all the regular household names. And it's not that there's not some good things in the books. Sure. It's, it's just, just, they're generally it, not vetted by research. Yeah, it's just not as original as those people like to think they are. Yeah, uh, it sells it, good though. Right, it's just, you know, old wine and new wineskins maybe, or something like that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, leader development, if we draw upon this review article that we, uh, that we are looking at in preparation for this episode, one thing that they, they really arrived upon after reviewing all of the research on this from the past 25 years is that leadership development isn't just one thing. Instead, it's this dynamic process that happens over time, lots of interactions, uh, oftentimes, this actually starts at a young age, and it's partly influenced by parental modeling and what you see your parents doing. Um, so I know if only wow. I had parents worth a crap, you know, I'd be I'd be Bezos. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dad. If dad. you would have been nicer to me, I'd be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> right. That's not exactly what we're saying, but you do, you know, at these it, early ages, it, start to develop some perceptions about how things work, right? And it plays important. I want to say that if you come from a family of origin with serious issues, mm. you can overcome those. You're going to have to go through, you need to just recognize, you know, is this a problem for me? And be honest, and then reach out and get some help. Not that outside the scope of this episode, but just because it starts at a young age, doesn't mean you can't catch up or anything like that. Because let's be honest, even people that had good leadership as a kid, they probably weren't thinking about it very deliberately. And that's your chance to run past them in the game of life. Yeah. So don't, yeah. don't be encouraged. We're all on our own journey, but we do have to take ownership for those key steps along the way. That's great. That's great. And, you know, continuing from uh, this article, they, they also conclude that leadership development involves uh, the development and application of a variety of skills. So things like wisdom, intelligence, creativity. Um, it is also shaped by our personality and about our relationships with other people. Uh, but, you know, this is just I think the key here is understanding that leader and leadership development isn't just one thing. It will not be solved by a one day workshop that you send some people to in your organization. Right. 
this has to be a deliberate approach. That but takes... it's solved by our one-day workshop. Well, yes, obviously. <laughs> uh, our one-day workshop, it, it, you know, it, it, you get what you pay for, and our one-day workshop is $10,000 per participant. So, uh, you know, of course, we will, we will make all of you into rock star leaders. <laughs> so, right. But um, here's the thing. It's, it's also not solved by these off-the-shelf tool, uh, off tools that you can buy. Because that's like handing, and we say this all the time, that's like handing your leaders a book on boxing mm -hmm. and telling them to get in the ring. Leadership, that's part of it. Education and learning is one aspect of it. But there's the development that goes on on top of that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say something that, that people may find surprising, but guess what? It might not even be something that you, leadership might not be something that you learn and co get completely better at just by attending my class on leadership, right? So I teach an MBA yeah. class on leadership and, and interpersonal effectiveness. <laughs> Some of my students might listen to this episode because I'm teaching it right now this semester. And I oftentimes, if I have a relevant episode, like, I throw wait, it their I way. Wait, I want a refund. Uh, hey. No, but here's the thing. These are all little pieces of the puzzle. Uh, so, you know, an off-the-shelf workshop that, you know, your organization provides, it might give you some new tools, some new perspectives. The, the point is that it's not going to solve everything. It might give you some different tips and techniques, which is good, but this occurs over the kind of the, your course of a career of developing yourself as a leader. So, you know, coming to my class, you're going to read some great books. You're going to have some fantastic discussions. You're going to do some assignments that will give you a different understanding of yourself and how you interact with other people, but you've got to go out there and do it and yeah. learn yourself in the order lab to actually, of life. yeah, in order to actually develop. So, um, you know, I'd like to turn our attention now to this other article, which is which is a really good one. And it's actually one that I oftentimes recommend people read if they're, uh, especially, you know, uh, new PhD students and stuff who are looking at leadership development, just because it does a good job of summarizing some of these ideas. And this was uh, from Morgan McCall, and, and he uh, wrote an article um, a number of years ago called Recasting Leadership Development. And what I like about it is he has these seven sure bets about leadership development. You know, so he says, here's here. OK, here's all yeah, after stuff. we just told them there's nothing yeah. sure about leadership. Here's the stuff that's sure about leadership. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, the, but these are you'll you'll realize you'll get it in a minute. Yeah, you'll get it. So um, these are things that we do know from the from the research on leader and leadership development uh, that we can kind of take to the bank. And then we'll talk about how these by what implications these sure bets have for individual leaders and for organizations. So. What's the first one? What's the first sure bet there, Chris? To the extent that it is learned, right? So beyond what you're born with, right? Leadership is learned from experience. Whoa. Wow. So leadership comes from experience. It doesn't just come from this uh, MBA class that I'm taking with Dr. B. Um, that's part of it, right? We have to get out there, uh, you know, and we have to experience things in the lab of life. Uh, you know, it's interesting. So, you know, there is some hereditary type of component that that makes people more or less predisposed to leadership. Like if you have an IQ of 12, it's, right. it'll, leadership will be a challenge for you. And I know there's problem with yeah. those IQ things, but let's be honest. If like you didn't graduate from second grade, because not because of support or any of that kind of stuff, like it'll be hard for you because here's the thing. It's learned from experience. It's not... Leadership doesn't, you have experience and now you're leader. It's yeah. the experience happening happens and there's some learning that goes on from those experiences. So yep. it could be, you know, cognitive impairment can be one, but it can also be that you aren't focused on learning. 
Right, right. Right, you just and keep crashing to the same experience. So why does this keep, why do I keep finding myself in these types of relationships? Mm. Why do I keep working for companies that treat me like trash? You know, and it's like, oh, it's not me, it's you or whatever, you know, like you gotta have your learning cap. Every moment of every experience you have is a time to learn something awesome that helps you move forward in a better way. That's right. And you know, one way from the science that we, that seems to indicate that leadership is built largely through experience and not just from your genetic makeup comes from some of the Minnesota twin studies. So there's a lot of famous studies that come from these, uh, these studies that happened on uh, identical twins. And, right. um, you know, some of these twins were actually separated at birth, um, not intentionally, but it just as part of their, uh, their growing up process, if they um, went through an adoption or something like that. And what they found is that, you know, over time, so these, these twins, identical twins have the same genetic makeup, so to speak. Um, they looked at a variety of other outcomes, personality, and uh, one of them was whether or not they actually had a leadership role later on in life. And they found that about 30% of the uh, occupancy of a leadership role could be explained by hereditary, hereditary factors. So, you know, um, because of looking at the twins, both having that, right? But uh, the vast majority, so the remaining 70% was the result of experience. And so that's really, I think, a message of hope for all of us. If you've read some studies that say, you must have this type of personality be a leader, maybe you were told, maybe you took the flipping MBTI, which is a garbage assessment, and... Don't get me started. Yeah. Right? You take There's a five type indicator. And uh, I just got to say something real quick. There's a stupid promoted tweet that's going around out there by some company that is saying, uh, here's your, your specific morning routine based upon your personality type. And it has different pieces of MBTI in there. I'm like, okay, yeah, I really want to pay yeah, you for that. But Garbage. dude, we can up that. We can like take this test and then send us a sample of your poop and our genetic experts. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, you can see immediately, oh, but here, here's the whole thing. I'm learning from experience. Like, come on guys, that's a bunch of numbskull garbage. Put your thinking caps on. Yeah. Right. And, and if 70%, and this is a positive message. If you're concerned about getting ahead, getting to the top is if you have your thinking cap on all the time, most people don't, we go into all these orgs where executives are asleep at the wheel. They're yeah. not paying attention to their teams or all that. You will just plow right through them. Now, it's not going to happen overnight, but you got to get that thinking cap on. And key point, leadership is learned. There's right. got to be a learning component from experience. Right. And the second sure bet is that certain experiences matter more than others. You know, so sometimes I come across people who say, I have 20 years of experience and you dig a little bit deeper. Turns out they had the same experience 20 years in a row. Yeah. Right? Or software developers <laughs> like, why does that guy make more money than me? I've been developing code for 10 years. I'm like, well, look at his code. It's better than yours. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> Ooh, hey, oops. buddy, I don't care how how many years I care about the product. And I mean, and agile, fast moving organizations, that becomes super important. Right. And so what uh, Morgan McCall talks about in this article, is he says that, you know, certain types of work experiences are better than others. And so, for example, he classifies them as uh, early work experiences. So those things you have early on in your career, those can be really formative for helping you understand what leadership is about and how to be a leader. Some of these short-term assignments, maybe you get sent on a special project to go do something. Um, major line assignments, big, big projects or big uh, um, new jobs maybe that you take within your organization. 
Um, sometimes working with other people, maybe really good or really bad supervisors, uh, having hardship, going through hardship can be a, a tremendous learning experience. It's not leaders. a fun one, but no, it's like eating your spinach. It, it might make you strong like Popeye. Yeah, yeah, it might, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, I think back to some of my early experiences as a young naval officer on a, a guided missile destroyer. And I mean, some of those times were pretty hard, uh, but you de I definitely learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about leadership and how to um, how to go about interacting with people in a productive way, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, he also says some miscellaneous events like training programs. So training programs, you know, can be a part of, of your experiences that that can propel you towards a better understanding of yourself and how to be a leader. But the key thing here is certain experiences matter more than others. So, um, you know, organizations out there, put people in challenging assignments, give people the opportunities to get out there and try certain leadership activities. Yeah. And if you're an individual and you're stuck, so especially you come out of college or high school, you're, you're generally stuck in some kind of individual contributor role. And you're like, okay, at first it's exciting, you're learning, but eventually you master that role and you figure you got maybe another two to three years of stirring the same paint. Well, you need to throw yourself out there. There's nonprofits that can use your help right now. Mm. And they will mentor you because it's free labor. They will mentor you on executive uh, management, stakeholder management, project planning, deliverables. You get exposed to a broader network of people. If you live in a very small town with limited opportunities, that's fine. I know some people that just love that. But if your goal is to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or something like that, you're going to have to go somewhere else or figure out a way how to solve those. You know, they're learned from experience. You got to get those experience. Ben and I's one of our favorites is go join the daggone army because they'll put you in leadership right <laughs> away. Navy. Yeah. With a enlisted person that's your cohort that makes sure you don't cut yourself too much if you listen to them and you're, you're immediately getting leadership experience. So while you're at work stirring the paint because National Guard or reserves, right, you only go one week in a month, you're back at your corporate grind. OK, doing that thing. But meanwhile, you're learning all these amazing leadership stuff in the Army, the Navy, mm -hmm. Air Force, Marines, Ross, Coast Guard. Um, then by the time you step up to your first management position, it's old hat for you. Yeah. Your, your peers are fumbling and you're walking, you're, you're cutting through them like hot butter. You're like, Oh, okay. Well, well, yeah, let me help those other struggling managers out. You look like a rock star. You got certain experience matter more than others. And so when you're younger and how much money you make matters less, Make sure you're curating the direction of where you go or how you can place yourself, which means thinking about yourself as a leader. You want to be a leader? Start that journey now. Then go put yourself into fertile soil where you can grow. Yeah. And going along with these other experiences that you're getting, you know, these, these special types of experiences that can develop your leaders, um, you know, there is also this whole idea of, of coaching and mentoring and, uh, you know, other types of programs um, and you know, these are best done when they are in, sp in support of on the job development. So they go hand in hand with it, right. To help people have the real time experiences to learn as they're going through it. So the, so the first two, you know, of these sure bets to the extent that it is learned, it is learned leadership is learned from experience. Number two, certain experiences matter more than others. And number three, these experiences are powerful because of the challenges they present becoming a leader and being successful as a leader is not easy. You've got to push through challenges in order to make yourself grow. And that's where the learning's important. 
right? Because yeah. you learn a little bit, right? Or maybe you just have some just numbskull ideas you pulled out of your tuchus on the way to work, right? <laughs> and and then you meet those challenges. And you're like, wait a minute, my skill set's not actually up to this task. Then you go back to the learning. And you're like, well, I need more skills. I need more stuff. They're like, okay, I got one that'll help me with that challenge. Then you go overcome that challenge. And it's this virtuous cycle of learning meets challenge meets solidified learning means, you know, in your core being as how to solve that. And then eventually you have a repertoire of all this stuff. So when you're met with a novel situation, you're able to riff a little bit and solve some stuff, but you got your learning cap. So you're like, mm, I riffed a little bit that got us to the other side, but it wasn't elegant. What might I go learn from the literature that helps me be elegant next time? Yeah. Yeah. And these different types of experiences, number four, uh, different types of experiences teach different lessons. Uh, and that's why it's, it's good to have these different types of experiences throughout your career. So you think about it, for example, you know, leading a startup is much different than, you know, maybe presenting Taking some... McDonald's share price from $200 to $201. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good right? example. Very you know? different. Uh, it's also very different, you know, doing a turnaround of a failing organization. That is a challenge that's different, and it helps you really start to, uh, you know, challenge yourself and learn other things. Uh, so having a good diversity of experiences is important for people because you'll learn different things along the way. Yeah, one of the things for me an experience was having children. I mean, I know <laughs> don't be a jerk to parents or or pregnant people, um, but. Once you have a kid, like your level of empathy is like, hey, you look really tired. Um, you could go home today, you know, if yeah. you can pull that one up, you know, or, you know, just really understanding. And then when you start dealing with elder care issues and and stuff and it, the whole cycle of humanity and, and, you know, you start reflecting, well, maybe work isn't the most important thing on the face of the planet. Am I calibrated with that? Or am I a junior manager that drives my people into the ground for productivity, trying to leap to the next position higher in the chain before everybody passes out dead below me? Yeah. Well, actually, you bring up a really good point there that, you know, if you try to ascend the career ladder by climbing on top of the the corpses of your cohort around you, you know, and, and basically, uh, you know, using other people for your own gain within the organization, um, that's not going to bode well for you in the long run. Um, you're going to end up with a lot of broken relationships around you that eventually will come back to haunt you. So don't yeah, do when that. you're old, sitting on your porch, reflecting on your life, you're going to know that you're a sack of garbage. And you know what? When like people get on classmates.com, where was Jethro from fourth grade? Jethro's going to be like, man, you're a jerk. Go jump in a lake. You're building <laughs> an island of loneliness for yourself all along the way. Don't do it. It's sad. It's heartbreaking when we run into people because they only have so much longevity to start building those meaningful relationships um, to cap off their life. That's right. So number four was different types of experiences teach different lessons. Number five is jobs and assignments can be made more developmental. So, you know, if you're creative as an organization, if you're creative as an HR department, as a leadership development function, as a manager, and you're trying to develop your people, you can make the jobs and assignments that your people have more developmental. You can help to add some learning elements to them, you know, help throw people a challenge, uh, have them experience some, some adversity, uh, coach them through something challenging. These types of, of ways of making just ordinary work 
a little bit more challenging and more developmental can be a really powerful lever that you can pull to do some more leader development. Yeah, it's short-sighted if you're a manager saying, look, everybody delivers their widgets on time every day, and look at me, I'm absolutely copacetic. But imagine saying to that director or VP, it's like, hey, listen, yeah, we're going to deliver on those, but I'm going to take some of our organizational bandwidth and challenge some of my staffs with some key problems. So, and this is how we're going to mitigate the risk. It won't impact our bottom line, but it may slow up some of these other things, but I think it's worth it because we're trying to develop more leaders here, right? Mm -hmm. You look like such a better strategic partner and executive, like you're ready for that VP slot because you're like, this guy gets it, right? right. Or gal, right? It's not... It, it's not this linear turn, you know, make the donuts every night, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that's also provides fulfillment. So if, if you have a group of artists and they just only want to be artists, well, you got to come up with stuff throughout the year that stretches their chops so they don't get stale. Right. If, if you're an, an art house or something like that, you your creativity is your resource. So you got to do stuff to keep that creativity sharp. And there's challenging challenges, giving people stuff that's maybe a little bit out their comfort zone that allows them to develop new skills as a person, makes their life sweet, brings fulfillment to the team, and adds to the organization. Yeah, yeah. And kind of along those lines, I'm reminded of uh, the theater. So you probably know more than I do. I've never actually been in a play or anything, but I, I like to watch them, uh, and I, I have great appreciation for the arts. And I remember listening, I think it was to a podcast, actually, talking about how, um, like a Broadway production, how they keep their skills sharp and how they continue to get better over the course of a season. They don't just come on and just do the same thing every every night, I, although they are trying to do it at like the same level of quality and so forth. But they will specifically focus on uh, developmental challenges every single week where it's like, OK, we're going to, you know, this week we're going to focus on this one song and we're going to bring in the, the vocal coach and we're going to work on this and just continue to sharpen it. Then we're going to move to the next thing so they can continue going through this cycle of making sure that they're uh, really firing on all cylinders. It's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah, when I saw Phantom of the Opera, I mean, I've seen a lot of Broadway shows. You know, I'm looking at the playbill, and it's like, this guy's played this role for seven years. Yeah. And you're like, well, how do you stay fresh at that kind of... Or think about classical pianists. that They're, they're playing an older masterwork, and they may have... They got to keep it fresh. And so having those stretch and focus kind of pieces is important. That's right. So number six in these sure bets about how leaders develop is that people can get many of the experiences they need in spite of the obstacles. So you may be sitting there thinking, gosh, you know, either for yourself, how do I get all these different experiences? How do I develop myself this way if this is really how leaders develop? Uh, or you may be thinking as an organization, wow, how do I orchestrate that across an entire enterprise? Well, there are lots of ways that it can happen. And that's the important thing here. So it, it could happen just through you as a manager working with people to make their job or their assignments more developmental, right? Um, it could happen through, you know, matching uh, some developmental needs to different opportunities that are out there. There are many different ways you can do it. You've also mentioned just a, a few minutes ago, Chris, about how, you know, if you're not getting the leadership development you need in your organization, there are other organizations that'd be happy to provide or other ways in which you can try stuff in the lab of life and learn things for yourself. Yeah, a lot of organizations don't do this as well. Because That's it requires right. a level of people management. And, you know, a lot of times when people talk about secession planning, they're only talking about the CEO. Well, if this key leader dies, what are we going right. to do? Or he retires or goes to a competitor. But the secession planning needs to be throughout your organization. 
So well, I, would, I would say that the high potential leader development needs to happen throughout your organization, right? Yeah, but I mean, if you're a team, if you're in charge of a 10-person team, you should be thinking about every, you're only in charge of 10, buddy. Yeah. You think about their development. So that means you need to have a roster of everybody you got at the team level or director level and that, those kind of stuff. Going appropriate depth, right? Who needs what experience? All right, mm -hmm. what do I got to do to make those experiences available, right? That means you're going to have to, pull some priorities back to ma make time for those processes. That needs to be baked in. Don't bank it. I need to do a hundred widgets an hour and I, I, I need to do a thousand. So I need 10 out. No, you need to bake time for these developmental activities. Right. And you know, it has to be intentional. Yeah. You, yeah, this doesn't happen by accident guys. Right. Right. Uh, and if it does happen by accident, then it, it was accidental, right? It, yeah, it don't pat yourself yourself on the back. <laughs> you did nothing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and number seven is one that I really like. So this is the last of the seven sure bets of leadership development. And this is that learning takes place over time and is dynamic with all manner of twists and turns. You know, so you may be going along in your job, in your career for, you know, a, a year, maybe two years, maybe three years, and you don't have a whole lot of development. But then, you know, you take a new assignment or you find a new assignment, you volunteer for something, and you could learn an incredible amount in a short period of time. You know, I think about some of my military experiences. Those were definitely inflection points in my own leader development, uh, where, you know, at first it's very overwhelming. But then over time, you start to learn, you start to develop, you start to grow. And so I think, you know, part of this is like, you got to be a little bit patient with yourself, especially if you're an early career professional. Yeah. And just be honest about your strengths and weaknesses. You know, some weaknesses, you know, people, you know, the strengths guys, you know, say, hey, we got to focus on strength. But like, that's one way. But if your weakness is communication, you're going to have a hard time as a leader because that's, that's like the necessary door to get into doing anything. And so, and that doesn't mean you have to be the next orator project manager, super comms pro, but you do need to develop a baseline of skill that's requisite for those roles. That's right. That's right. So we've gone through these seven sure bets about leadership development from Morgan McCall's article that we'll post a link to in the show notes. Let's move now and talk a little bit about some implications for people and for organizations with regard to, you know, how people actually become leaders, how uh, leaders actually develop. Yeah. You guys got to do it. Number one, you know, <laughs> like, you know, wake up, get to work on this. Right. And it's not just about what you can greedily get for your own organization. Although that's a fine, be greedy. I'm so greedy about developing all the people in my org. That's awesome. Right. Greed is good in that sense. But it's also when people leave your org and they start talking, they're like, oh, man, I, I was raised as a leader at this organization. If you can get a job and start there, all of a sudden the top talent starts to just find you yeah. organically. Also, places, the nonprofits and other groups out in the community and the, and the world that these people go join and volunteer at and all that stuff. You've just made the whole world a better place. And that's good for your brand. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. And so leader leadership development is very important. You need to do this as an organization. Uh, it's short-sighted to not think about the next generation of leaders. 
Uh, so some related ideas here are certainly, um, in my mind, at least two of them, right? High potential leader development. Many organizations, especially larger enterprise organizations, have some good practice practices and programs around identifying the next generation of leadership and then intentionally developing them to be ready when they do ascend to that level. Uh, and then the other idea is succession planning, which is similar. We've already touched on that a little bit. But right. oftentimes, this is around some of those critical strategic roles um, to really make sure that you're, uh, you have some identified backups in case those people uh, need, uh, need some backfilling uh, immediately. So what we know from the research on the, uh, you know, how organizations can do leader development well is, number one, like, you, you should have some level of tailoring of these approaches for people. It, it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all for every leader in your organization. Yeah, like, you know, a rose needs different pruning than an apple tree, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. everybody's different. You don't want you don't want leaders coming out of the Keebler factory all looking like the same little elf, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just everybody's going to need different stuff, and it and and realizing that is going to help things because one, you're not going to just give them a book on boxing and send them in the ring. The training is going to be part of it. But second, the mentoring, the coaching, all that stuff, it's got to come from your org. But that means you can't just hand those mentoring coaches a book on mentoring and coaching and say, congratulations, get in the ring, right? Yeah. It is going to require those mentors and coaches and leaders to develop themselves so they can give something of daggone value to that next generation. So, and then this is people saying, hey, I want to bring this into my org. This is going to be iterative and a struggle. And it's going to start with that, yeah. Do, the easiest part is get something off the shelf, good leadership thing, call us to come in and help you set it up. All that's fine. But you're also going to have to have a two-way conversation where somebody that's developed out of coaching has some feedback for his coach so that coach can do better with the next numbskull he's got to coach. Mm -hmm. So your mentor program um, calibrates itself on who gets matched with what mentor and those kinds of things. And that virtuous cycle gets going because let's be honest. People say, okay, we're going to do a coaching program. You're a VP level person, so now you're just a coach. Well, the, a lot of them, they won't want to say it because they don't want to seem like they're not a fully operational Death Star. Won't admit that, I don't, I don't know how to coach people. Mm -hmm. Or we did that episode, will you be my mentor? Uh, no. You know, like, <laughs> you know, these are things, you guys should go check out that episode, but these are things you're going to have to address at every level, level of the org and realize your first iteration is not going to be like ninja strong straight out the gate. That's right. You know, and most uh, organizations who that do this well in terms of leader development, uh, they incorporate some assessment into the process. And this assessment could be around a person's leadership behaviors. It could be a, a good 360 assessment, for example, that helps give the person an idea of what their baseline is. You know, maybe I'm great with communication, but I, I stink with how I run my meetings or I'm I'm really good at uh, fostering new relationships, but I'm really bad at prioritizing work. Right. These types of things could be identified for an individual leader based upon a good assessment. And what that provides you is not only some helpful feedback for that person, but it also provides you with some data upon which you can then build a training plan or some sort of platform for them to then develop. Uh, so that's helpful. And that can be a one way to tailor uh, things for the person. Uh, also, having some stretch experiences. These are those uh, going right back to what we talked about with these seven sure bets and about, how, you know, how leadership develops through experience. Good organizations intentionally think about and design stretch experiences 
for their leaders so that they can get better at things saying, look, we, we see you as, as potentially being a, a really, uh, you know, uh, important leader here. We want you to develop and grow. And one way that we think you're going to help that, that can help you to develop in that is by taking this assignment, you know, where you're going to be setting up the, our, our new, uh, entry into this market or something like that, right? These experiences that can help people develop and grow. Yeah. And those stretch, stretch experience helps you with the thing that a lot of people don't talk about, which is risk management. Yeah. Right. So if you're putting that stress point, you're used to being a manager that has everything under control. If you just have your thinking cap and are awake and not asleep at the wheel, you can deliver on 90 to hundred percent of what you're given. But when you're stepping out into an experimental thing, which every organization wants to grow and not be a deadbeat or dead and not existing anymore <laughs> needs to do, then you got to say, Hey, listen, there's some ambiguity here. We're going to do the following three experiments to discover more. If we find out this is working, we're going to accelerate in this way. If we this is how we'll know it's not working and how we're going to manage that risk and decrease our investment. All of a sudden, you're developing this skill set about communicating around risk, how you're going to manage it, what kind of bets or chances an org wants to take. That's a unique skill set, and it only gets developed by actually getting out there and doing it. Yeah. And one thing that really helps with this. So if you're an organization that's, you know, says, okay, I, I buy it, Ben and Chris, like, we got to make sure we have good experiences for our people so they develop. Uh, we're going to develop some stretch experiences and have them do some special assignments and so forth so they can gain some leadership experience and skills. That's great. But one thing that we also know is that you gain more value from these experiences if during and after them, you encourage and you facilitate people's reflection and they're learning about it, right? We know this, for example, from the, the literature on service learning in higher education, right. you know, where you take a class and you have them go do something for a real organization. The students will learn a lot more if there's some guided reflection and discussion around what's going on and what lessons they should take away from it. Because you don't want people to going through these experiences and then learning the wrong things, right? Right. So having some, some systematic reflection and learning to coincide with your stretch experiences is another best practice. Yeah. Yeah. And don't go for the same mentor either. Mm. Right. So, you know, have people in your individual life. If you're in a relationship, Hey, if you want to be deliberate about dating, right. Um, maybe talk to some people that know about how relationships are formed, get involved with readings from the Gottman Institute or go to a workshop. Um, have people that can help you do a barometer check on your ethics in the moment. So you might come across some ambiguity. It's good to have a group of people you can hit up around. Hey, I'm confused about the ethics of a way forward here. Um, work mentors, people that are maybe in an employee resource group that you're in. That's part of a group, you know, like a veterans group or something. A variety of these mentors are going to help give you a clearer picture because they're shining on the a light on the situation in a variety of different ways. That's right. So maybe let's turn our attention now to some implications that how leaders actually develop uh, has for people. Uh, if I'm a, I'm out there, I'm an early career professional, or maybe I just want to take my career to a new level and I want to develop myself as a leader, or let's say you don't, you're not working right now, but you want to be, uh, you want to develop your leadership skills anyway. Um, you know, what are some things that you can do personally, right? This is where it's like, don't wait for your organization to do it you need to do some things, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, two of the things we've kind of already said, which was like, have a bunch of different mentors, right? We just mm -hmm. did that one. 
and then seek those opportunities within. And if your organization is just so rigid, they don't have a plan for that, get out into a nonprofit, the military somewhere where you can start stretching your legs and, and failing forward in the lab of life. That's right. So create your own experiences, either within or outside of your organization. And through these methods, this is how you will start to gain those experiences, start to learn, and actually become better as a leader. Now, of course, along the way, reading, going to classes like my Come to Management 604, Leadership and Interpersonal Effectiveness at Cleveland State University. It's a great class. I promise you. That in combination with these new experiences and so forth can help you learn even more. Uh, there are various leadership programs out there. Those are good. Listening to some of the things on this podcast that we share, I hope can help people be a little bit better in, in their leadership. It sure as heck better. Or it what sure are we doing? Better. I know. <laughs> <laughs> takes a lot of time and uh, it's fun, but we really do hope it actually matters. You're right. You're right. So uh, get out there, get those experiences. If you're an organization, you need to orchestrate this and pay some care and attention to it. Don't just have one day programs for people and just assume that that's going to change everything. You're not going to see the needle move on, on much of anything with just one thing. It's going to need to be a concerted effort with thoughtful effort around all of these different items that we've discussed in this episode. Yeah. And your reading needs to be based on the science, the pop yeah. stuff. It just, it's not where you need to be going. So if you're no. developing a curriculum, you read some book that made you feel emotional. Yay, about business. You know, that's not what needs to go into your curriculum. And so, you know, if you're not already familiar with the depths of this manager, management literature and that kind of stuff, you need to reach out to a pro to help you design what will go into your leadership development courses. That being said, that's only the reading's only one part. You got to crash this into opportunities, stretch, and challenges, and then have support of leadership, mentoring, and coaching along the way to get where you need to go. Awesome. So today we focused on how leaders actually develop. We discussed what leader development is and why it matters. We talked about what we know about leader development and how it happens. And we talked about some implications for people and for organizations. Thanks for listening to the Indigo Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us by rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Telling your friends about us, having us on your podcast, or mentioning us on social media. Our website is www.indigopodcast.com, where you can access more information about us and this episode. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking with you again soon.